I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 44. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Heckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. Scott Beckford here. I want to share with you a new series I'm doing called the CEO Series, where I'm interviewing the CEOs of all the major brokerage houses. There's two goals with this. The first goal is to find out who these people are, what makes them tick, and how they ended up leading a national brokerage. The second goal is to find out where their company's headed and what makes their brokerage unique. Basically, why should someone choose their company in light of all the options that are available? I'm excited to share these interviews with you. Hopefully, you're going to get some awesome stuff from them, and you can find them all at ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash CEO. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Albert Kolu. Albert is a president of Mortgage Architects. He's been in the mortgage business for 17 years, and I'm absolutely stoked about this interview today. Albert, are you ready to rock? Absolutely. Awesome. So I always like to ask if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business, because nobody usually leaves college and says, I want to be in the mortgage business. So how did you, how did you get here? <laughs> no, well, you're, you're absolutely accurate. I did not wake up one day with the endeavor of being in the mortgage broker channel, if you will. Uh, truthfully, what happened is I stumbled into it. I was uh, actually a vice president of a software company uh, years back. And uh, what, it, what occurred was I was actually working with a, a large brokerage at that time in terms of uh, analyzing their infrastructure, how they went about their processes, on and on and on. And uh, what happened was, uh, I guess, a, f- a relationship was formed during that process, and they asked me to be part of that organization. And at that point, I knew nothing about mortgages apart from having one. So that was my first entrance. I, uh, I got into that business, uh, helping them more with processes. And then inevitably, what happened was I moved into, you know, the direct line of fire, if you will, and, and never looked back. And and so when you say you help them with processes, so what type of, were you like in software or was it just like management or what type of role would, would that have been initially? It was directly into management and uh, as a result of the software and vertical market creation experience I had, it was uh, obviously taking existing teams and platforms that they had to strategically align those with generating new business as it were. Right. Cool. And so then before we dive into your story, how you became president, and I'd like to just ask about a success quote that's impacted your life or business. I find a good quote can distill an idea or thought down into a nice portable, something you can take with you and you can use all the time. So do you have a quote that's really impacted your life or business over the last 17 years? Uh, Absolutely. And it's not one that comes with a lot of flares and and frills. It's, uh, It's as simple as this. The tortoise won the race. And uh, I, I use that with, with great regularity because what I find is particularly in our business, there's, there is a need to be nimble, but uh, long-term views as it relates to making sure that you are making the right move is the best approach in my view. So sometimes, you know, being second or third out of the gates with, with launches or, or new innovation uh, has generally paid off for me and the organizations I've led. I love that. I've obviously heard the story of the tortoise and the hare, but I've never thought of the tortoise wins the race. So how have you applied that principle recently sort of in something that an endeavor that you're looking at that, that recently? Well, you know, this might bleed into other questions that you're going to put forth, but the, the whole process of how I became part of MA was a very, very slow process, very analytical in, in nature. You know, as as you know, um, Scott, I, I built a company from literally nothing. Uh, I, it was a business plan, a laptop, a coffee, and 
you know, a, a great family support structure. And, you know, applying that, that quote, I knew that building that business was going to take time so that I could stay true to what I, I envisioned as being the, the strategic elements of what I was trying to design. But, you know, you fast forward four years after creating Argentum, when mortgage architects approached me, you know, instinctually most people would have just got excited with the emotion and then would have sold off the company, if you will. But we took eight to nine months to systematically strip it apart, peel the onion and realize or, or come to the conclusion that, hey, this was going to be a creative for both sides. And I will tell you without without violating, you know, confidentiality, there were other companies in that process that wanted to uh, amalgamate, purchase our genome. But if I, if I didn't take the approach of really staying back, slowing down, I would not have won that decision. Right. That's awesome. Uh, another area that I find successful entrepreneurs, business owners, and, and presidents like yourself, have there's failure, obviously, throughout that you've made mistakes. But looking back, there's always a lesson. So can you share an example of something maybe that you'd failed at in either in business and what you learned from it looking back? Absolutely. I, I can tell you that the biggest lesson I learned when becoming more of an entrepreneur versus an employee, if you will, was that my um, my natural inclination when I was building my company was to give, for lack of a better phrase, uh, equity positions to people who I deemed as as key people to the organization. And what I learned was, and the hard way, mind you, is that when you give away something, uh, specifically in this case, pieces of your company, equity positions, when people don't have vested interests, whether being, you know, sweat equity or whether being specifically the check or money's coming from their pockets, you, you start to dilute the value proposition in their mind. So the lesson I have taken from that is as important as human capital is and as important as management teams are, when it comes to having people own a piece of your company, it's vital that they have real skin in the game so that everybody is, is really taking care of the larger picture as a whole. Right. That's actually really good advice for anybody, regardless of if you have a you have a large company that you're running. But in any case, it's still people have to have skin in the game in order to be to be fully committed and not just because if you get something for free, I've, there's always this tendency to just not value it as much, even if it is valuable. I don't know why we do that as humans. I absolutely agree. You know, often we're we're enticed as human beings during the shopping mechanism or, or human condition to to want to give away everything so that we can attract clientele or we can attract people to whatever it is we're trying to put forth. Uh, but as you said, if people, if you as the owner of these things put a value of zero on it, I don't know how we expect anyone to put anything beyond that as far as value is concerned. Right. So that's awesome. So no one as a little kid said they were going to be a president of a national mortgage brokerage like you are. So <laughs> you you briefly alluded to how you got there. You started Argentum, and then the uh, the basically. So how did you end up? And even from your initial starting as kind of going in as somebody who's going to help with systems, how do you actually kind of? find your way to being president when you came in initially to, to help with solve systems problems, maybe? You know, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you that I've always had ambitions of trying to be in management at an executive level to, to add strategy and to be part of something grander. I, I don't know that I can honestly tell you that 16, 17 years ago, I, I had my gun sighted on, on being president of, of, you know, where I am today. Um, that sort of unfolded with time as you build confidence and you build aptitude, you start to think and realize that, you know, I can achieve those things. And, and really I think how it all occurred, if you look at it in a condensed timeline is I entered the business, uh, and truthfully, 
I wasn't very good at the business because I, I deviated from the things I did well historically. But once I started to well-round myself, apply the things I knew, I, I started to hit success. And that success started to garner interest from lending institutions, where then I started off as simple as sales management, then became part of product development to you know fairly senior uh, management. And then, you know, I, I had a craving, if you will, uh, after spending some great time with, you know, a leading national uh, mortgage lender to, to build my own thing. And, and I, I was, I think, lucky to some degree that all the assumptions I made, all the credibility I think I built and all the, the savviness uh, it turned out to be the leading mortgage brokerage or the, the fastest growing company actually in Canada, uh, which put me here. So I think I proved to the industry in a few regards that I am capable of building businesses, whether on the lending side or on the mortgage broker side. Right. Oh, that's awesome. What I what I like to do now is talk about the past, present, and future sort of of mortgage architects. And so, when I, but talking about the past, can you share about sort of the because you kind of came in, this company had already started, but can you share maybe where where mortgage architects came from the initial idea? And we're going to talk a little bit about how it changed over time, but at least initially, just tell me about the the background on mortgage architects. Yeah, absolutely. So even before my time, Scott, Mortgage Architects was built about seven years ago, and it was basically predicated on one simple notion in that it was going to attract the the highest ilk, the, the most proficient brokers across Canada to create a real solid brand within the channel. Uh, and obviously that's changed over time, but that was the fundamental premise. I hate to use the word exclusive, but I think that was a hidden thread in the strategy is to have this exclusive club of dynamic, well-known, proficient brokers across Canada. And if looking back, obviously you weren't always at the helm of the company, but it's been around for seven years. So can you be honest enough to look back and say the one area that you think maybe the brokerage had made a mistake in? Uh, absolutely. I think that, that strategy that I just described was well, like it served the company well for the first three years, I would say, but but the challenge is when you start to keep exclusivity in terms of the people you want to attract to your organization, then what happens is you create a market impression where people no longer have interest in your organization because they don't feel they can be part of it. So I think the exclusivity was actually creating an impression that the company was no longer interested in growing organically, and I I believe the company really suffered as a result of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It seems to me anyway, from the notifications that I've been seeing that MA still seems to be growing pretty well. There's, they're adding new people all the time. So clearly maybe that, that particular hurdle has been cleared and, and that we don't have that same stigma maybe. I, I would agree with that. It, it, you know, that's not to say that we welcome anyone and everyone into the organization. We still have to feel confident about their proficiency. We have to make sure that their, their value add to everybody involved, but we have, you know, we have enjoyed a great success this year and we we've changed the way we uh select and hire and we've changed the way that we look at our business as a whole for sure so now i'm going to switch to sort of more present day stuff and so with all the options obviously there's a, a bunch of different brokerages available in the marketplace so what makes mortgage architects unique and so how would you describe why why would why your company yeah, you know, that's a question we're faced with daily, Scott, and, and, and really what it comes down to is, and, and barking back to sort of the historical view of how I got to MA, this organization is extremely unique in terms of how it's vertically integrated. For lack of a better phrase, the analogy I use often when trying to describe MA to to the, the market at large is that we're sort of like the petrol Canada of the industry where we're we're able 
where other companies are not, to pull the oil out of the ground, distill it, and put it through the pumps. And what I mean by that is most brokerages are you know single faceted, right? They're they're out there looking for clients, and all they really do is mortgage broker, and they don't have the ability to innovate. They don't have the ability to add different offerings. Where we're different is we're part of a greater story, which is called Pacific, whereby not only do we have the best brokers across Canada, but we also have an origin or a lending institution that is growing and thriving, and it gives us it gives us a lot of options in terms of how we can compensate our brokers uniquely. In fact. I can tell you proudly and openly that we have, to a large degree, come to the resolution that, hey, we are willing to make sure that our our people make 100% of the the commissions without having taken a cut. Because if they're driving the fundamental strategy, which is radius, then we're happy with that. And as radius goes, and what makes us unique is that we're, we're able to stabilize our financial position, whereas the mortgage brokerages at large that we're competing with simply can't. So that manifests in, in in really neat tools, whether they being marketing campaigns, whether they're analytics, whether they're CRM programs, whether they're payroll programs that we can help. Uh, we just don't have that much competition in that particular space. And moreover, because of the way that we're aligned as an organization, we have access to departments that we don't need to outsource. We have our own IT and, and, and software engineering. We have our own robust marketing, whereas the other companies are outsourcing these things. And as you know, Scott, those things just don't allow you to be as nimble as this organization. Right. No, that's great. And so uh, can you give me an example of a recent company or individual who kind of joined your organization so, and why they chose? Because obviously if they switched to you, they were somewhere else. I don't want to like talk about the, but what made them decide to cho- choose you guys? You know, absolutely. Yeah, I've got no shortage of examples. I'll give you one that's extremely fresh. So an extremely good broker out of the, the Western part of the world, more in your neck of the woods, uh, was uh, with one of our leading competitors uh, they were actually contemplating another company that we we compete with on a regular basis. And when we removed the discussion of economics, because that's always you know a, a consideration, what was very very clear um, was that he felt that the infrastructure, specifically the marketing tools, the payroll support, uh, the way that we empower him in terms of understanding his business through the data that we import through the the software engines that we use uh, in our industry, was really going to help him move forward. And, you know, at the risk of sounding a bit self-gratifying, he felt that the leadership that's in place with our organization was a little bit more forward-thinking and that we could actually help him at ground zero to help him grow his business. Right. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm going to switch now to the future. And the where, so where do you think the opportunity, you guys have a unique value proposition in that you like you said you have like a petro canada that can pull the oil out of the ground and and you have pricing structures maybe that other people don't have access to but so where's the opportunity for the big brokerage houses in the next couple of years and for you guys in particular well i think there's no shortage of opportunities i think first and foremost if we just break it down to awareness i think the brokerages at large have an opportunity to just simply do a better job of letting canadians and consumers understand what a mortgage broker is because i would i would contest that I think the average consumer still isn't clear about what it is we do and why we are such an awesome opportunity for Canadians to engage. Uh, I also think that mortgage broker houses need to understand that we are managing 
by and large, the largest liability of a Canadian's life. And as such, whether we realize it or not, we're gaining trust. And I think we should be taking that trust not to exploit the consumer, but to help them make other potential decisions as it relates to insurance needs. Maybe there's an opportunity to help them with understanding the suitability of what it is they're about to embark on as it relates to a liability perspective. So I think we have a, a, a big opportunity to really wrap ourselves around clients, even outside of the mortgage transaction in of itself, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And so where do you see the biggest risks to the brokerage houses in the next couple of years? I, I think, you know, if to, at the risk of being corporate and, and talking about economics, I think it's right there. I think it, it rests within margins. I, I, I believe, and, you know, we're a victim of this too, Scott, I believe that most mortgage companies, brokerages specifically over the number of years, have not had the capacity to innovate, and as such, they've not had a value proposition. So naturally, what do we do? We go back to you know, the, the commentary we made about giving away things for free. So we give away splits. So we, strike, we, we try to attract brokers into our companies by really giving away all the commissions. And, and what happens is we don't leave that room for innovation. And, and when you start to do that, you lose people. And when you don't have the margins to run an organization, it's a race to the bottom. And I think the risk is that companies will start to um, collapse. Right. So because of the fact that they don't, you need to, they keep cutting their margins, the brokerage house right. does, they keep offering you know lower and lower splits or better and better splits for the broker, but they have no money to spend to help support the brokers. So then... Really, it becomes more about volume aggregation than about uh, creating a building a business that's supporting the some the brokers. Absolutely, which comes back to the conversation we had about YMA, right? Like our, our unique structure allows us to to be a little bit more, when well, a little bit, a lot more financially stable than our competitors, and as such, we can attack all those issues. Okay, so here's my final question. So, what's your BHAG for your company in the next year, five years? You probably heard this before. Your big, hairy, audacious goal. So, where do you where do you want to see MA five years from now? Okay, Scott, it's going to be an easy answer, right? So, for me, I would rather. Or what I'd like to see is that our brokers per capita are the most productive as it relates to generating income and generating volume. So. To boil it down, if I can find a way, and I'm committed to finding a way to help our brokers be that much more effective and that much more productive so that they're ultimately more successful than any other broker in Canada. And and so how do you measure something like that? So that I, I love, by the way, that's obviously, I, I love the sound of that. I think being more effective and more profitable is a good thing. So, But how, how do you measure that five years from now? Do you have some sort of a, a plan for that? Yeah, you know, I, I do. And it, fortunately, the infrastructure I alluded to allows me to do that. So I, I can take a very granular look at everybody. I can take a look at your business and, and, and take a look at a five-year horizon, understand the trends, uh, specifically how much volume is this particular broker doing in this particular market? How have they grown? Are, are we helping them get more deals, for lack of a better phrase? Are they finding ways to supplement their income? Is their income uni-focused where it's only on broker originations? Or have they wrapped themselves around the, the altruistic view of here's all the things we can do? And I think if I can take a look at that on a, on a yearly uh, snapshot over a five-year horizon and see that we're moving productivity, then I think we're doing all that the broker can expect us uh, or expect of us as an organization. Right. Well, Albert, I have really appreciated your time. And uh, so where can people find you online? 
I, I'd rather they go right to our website, which is mortgagearchitects.com, and uh, really understand the, how awesome this, this organization is so that they can identify a broker in their, their local market. And you guys are obviously hiring? We are, we are definitely hiring the best. Well, Albert, I really appreciate your time today, and I, I hope that your, the next five years are outstanding for you and even the rest of this year. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for the opportunity, Scott. All the best. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step -step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.